Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Dyster. If you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings. Let us know how we're doing. And subscribe to the YouTube to see these video sections or portions of the episode if you prefer video and audio as well. But this week, I have... Ty with me, and she is actually a fellow podcaster too. So it's even better that we actually have someone here that it does podcasting as well. She's also created books, actually about four books she's actually written, and several different types of courses for small businesses to help you guys out with the social media thing. She's had about 20,000 followers on Twitter. She's about 3K on TikTok. She's better than me at TikTok because I don't know what I'm doing on there, anyways. But welcome to the show, Ty. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to be here. And thank you for joining us as well. But my first question is, all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I love tea. Um, right now, there's this brand called, I think it's pronounced Puka. And it's like a relaxing tea. And it has like chamomile, marshmallow root, lavender, and something else in it. And it's so amazing. Interesting. I mean, the name almost makes you want to be turned off to it. But then when you talk about it, it's like, actually, that sounds pretty good. It was really good. I was really surprised. I didn't even put honey in it, and it was, like, naturally sweet. It was really, really good. It, was very, it actually made me feel very relaxed, kind of like when you take CBD. That's, like, literally how it made me feel, but it wasn't a CBD tea. All right. I may have to actually try that. I've only really liked, like, Art of Tea. I don't know if you ever heard of that brand, but that's the one I've kind of geared towards because they're actually pretty good teas in there. I think you like it if you like them. Yeah. All right. And can you explain? I gave a little bit of a brief introduction. Can you summarize your expertise to our audience? Yeah, sure. So I own two companies. One is called Touched by Ty Creative Agency. And then my other company is called Print Gummy. Um, and with Touched by Ty, I specialize in digital marketing. So I work with businesses all over the world, helping them understand how to actually navigate in the digital marketing space. So I help them with email marketing optimizing their websites to be user and mobile friendly, as well as understanding content marketing and how to grow organically online. Since I've just been studying for a while and I've done, you know, different certifications, gone to seminars and, you know, met with experts and done so many different things. So it's been an amazing journey for me. I started this journey in 2017. Nice. And speaking of more of social media, in general, some businesses can perceive Twitter as quote unquote toxic because every time you see Twitter on the news, it's someone's mad at somebody or someone's saying something. You're like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I really want my business to go through the fire of I did something wrong accidentally type of a thing. But how can businesses thrive and avoid those pitfalls? Honestly, um, there's a few different things to consider with this. Number one, um, block all the people that you see that are toxic. <laughs> like, just don't even give them the opportunity to come your way. That's the easiest way to avoid things. Um, the second thing that I always tell people, if you don't want to be dragged, avoid controversial topics. So if it's something that you see people get dragged for, don't comment on it. Um, a lot of people with big platforms also have cult-like following. So avoid talking about them negatively 
or being involved in things about them negatively. Um, and if you just kind of stick to that, you can really avoid being dragged, just avoid controversial topics, um, avoid, like, if you can avoid, like, negative types of content, you definitely want to avoid that too. Avoid arguing with people online as well, because Twitter is a very cutthroat platform. They are a lot more different than the other social media platforms. So <laughs> you just you just really got to, you know, kind of navigate the space. Um, and it doesn't mean that like negativity won't find you. But for me personally, I don't tend to engage with people when they're trying to be negative towards me. I really just kind of let my followers drag them and handle it because I don't want the personal backlash of uh, me going off on people online or just like that negative connotation associated with my brand. So I really just focus on building that loyal following that will defend my brand for me. So do your best just to showcase your brand's personality, but just don't wade into topics that may seem controversial, seems to be. Yes. Even if it is a topic that you're passionate about, you really want to kind of stay away from things that are considered controversial, um, especially in the climate that we are in now. Um, some people think that people online are hypersensitive. I more so think that people online are hyper aware now. Um, so, and it's also hard to understand people's tones online as well. So if you're not careful, your tone could be misconstrued as being uh, sarcastic when you're actually trying to showcase you being caring or sympathetic or empathetic. So, you know, you just also got to keep those things in mind when you're creating content online. Mm -hmm wise words to live by on twitter <laughs> definitely because i have been dragged on twitter before you really go like it it doesn't like being dragged on twitter isn't necessarily a bad thing either because you could be saying something that's common sense and 80 percent of the people interacting with your tweet could agree with you and agree that it's common sense and 20 percent of people will still find something you know wrong with what you're saying like i went viral uh this week actually because i was talking about the way that we treat um, people who experience homelessness and people who experience poverty, we, we treat them horribly as a society. Collectively, we treat them like it is a moral failure and not a failure of our politicians and our government. 90% of the people who saw this tweet agreed. And then there was 10% who are like, y'all are enabling them and just a whole bunch of, you know, classes stuff. I just ignored them and I let my followers drag them. I even accidentally started like discourse on Twitter and had everybody talking about how uh, just, just really stupid stuff about the way that we view homeless people. And, you know, I was just telling people that when you view homeless people that way, it is it comes from a position of privilege and you need to check your privilege because if you miss a paycheck, it could be you. If you lose your job, it could be you. If your business closed down, it could be you. Like there's nothing really stopping us in this society from experiencing these things. And even with saying something as empathetic and sympathetic like that, even to the point that people were in my comments donating money and buying food for people in need, there were still idiots who disagreed. It's true. It's the internet. People so. either love drama or love to create drama or love to rile people up. To, to a certain extent, I should say. They definitely do. So you also just kind of learn, you, you as you grow, you learn to ignore people. Um, you also learn not to have an opinion about everything online either. People DM me all the time and they're like, can you talk about this? Absolutely not. No, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is happening, but I cannot speak on that because I'm going to get dragged. And my platform is growing. So 
every month I probably gain anywhere from like 500 to a thousand followers now. And I just don't, I don't want to get dragged anymore. I'm okay. I'm going to just create my content <laughs> and I'm going to log on. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is to stick to creating content and let everything else take its course. Yes. And then speaking of just content in general and also businesses and podcasting, how do you see businesses starting to incorporate podcasts? Because we've seen a rise in popularity in podcasts because of the pandemic. It was getting popular before it, but then it skyrocketed the popularity. So how do you see businesses incorporate that into their PR marketing plan? I think it could be a great way to add extra value to your audience, truthfully, um, especially for businesses that are service providers like myself. I think that it could be a wonderful way to get people off of social media and to get them um, to get in the habit of incorporating you into their daily life. Because I just launched my podcast in December, right? It'll be a month for me, I think Monday, that I launched my podcast. And in the process, people are like, I've been listening to your podcast at the gym. I've been listening to it when I'm cooking dinner. Um, I've gone through a rebrand as well in the process of me launching my podcast. And now like I'm the marketing bully on Twitter and uh, it has become like something so amazing. You know, um, I think it'll also help businesses expand their network and just organically learn to network with others and invite experts to their platform, which can help you build authority and trust and also help you make more money. Cause I've definitely made more money since I launched my podcast and gotten away from just like blogging or um, talking on Twitter because podcasting is so much more intimate. It's so much more vulnerable. People can actually listen to the tone. I do live episodes too. So people get to come on stage virtually and they get to talk to me and ask questions. And it just makes it so much more interactive. It's made people so much more comfortable conversing with me, engaging with me. It's also given people a lot more content of mine to share that's in a completely different type of medium. And when I started podcasting is when I also started learning that these podcasting apps send push notifications to your podcast followers every time you share an episode. So now instead of people just getting push notifications from me posting on Twitter or my email or my website updates, now they get push notifications about my podcast episodes too. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to the podcasting space. I know it's only been a month, but still, welcome. It's going to be a lot of hard work. Yes, it is. I've done 10 episodes so far. Mm. So keep on going because there is a thing in the industry called pod fade where you basically just like you just cut off. So as podcasters, we always hope that you continue doing it for years to come. I definitely agree. Um, I think that the great thing about me podcasting is that I've been blogging for years and podcasting has actually made my blog a lot easier to do. It's allowed me to get out a lot more content. I found that I actually like podcasting more than I like blogging too. So I really think that I'm going to stick to it for a long time to come. And you can also do complete thoughts on like Twitter where you do mm -hmm. half thoughts. Definitely. But speaking of even live audio, what, where do you think the drop-in, drop-out audio like Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse is going to go within the content, the content mix? Because it is technically live audio, I guess is the best way of saying it. So where do you think that's going to go within podcasting and content in general? I think we're going to see a lot more people taking advantage of it and understanding that this is something that they can monetize. Because right now, there are a lot of people who aren't even monetizing doing these types of things um, on Twitter, on my timeline, for example, I'm the only person that I see monetizing this. 
um, in the way of like recording it and turning it into podcasts, receiving donations while I'm going live, um, people sponsoring my podcast and sponsoring my Twitter spaces and stuff. So I think we're going to definitely see a lot more of that and a lot more business owners understanding that they can create a new stream of income by using these tools that are available to them. I also think that it's a great way for social media platforms to get people to spend significantly more time on their apps. Uh, My first Twitter space that was also a podcast episode was over three hours long and we had like 60 to 80 people in there the entire time for three hours and most of them stayed for like 90% of the time. Nice. So you're seeing like better engagement because of the live portion of it and people can hear your voice and maybe ask questions too. So it could be another version of AMAs, but with voice. Mm -hmm. And also it's a great tool for people who don't feel comfortable going live and being on video. Um, going live and being on video is just not really my thing. I don't really like being on camera often. Um, so doing like the audio version of it, but still being live and interactive is a great way to still connect with your audience and bring that human side into your business. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of like Twitter spaces and the fleets, which was basically their version of stories. Do you think this is going to stay longer than that feature? Cause that feature basically died as quickly as it came. I do think that this is going to stay a lot longer um, just because fleets to me personally, I never even used fleets. I didn't find the interest in it. I was like, it's giving Instagram. I don't really care about this. Um, and also because like Twitter is already such a fast moving platform. It didn't need these fleets or story posts continue to be fast paced. I feel like that's why Instagram added it because you don't want to put all this content on your feed and like you're kind of slowing down the timeline on your Instagram feed. But on Twitter, your feed literally refreshes like every 10 minutes on its own anyway. So you could, you know, share a hundred tweets in an hour on Twitter and different groups of people are going to see those different tweets because the timeline is refreshing every 10 minutes anyway. So fleets, it just kind of felt like they were just trying something out. But with actually doing Twitter spaces, I feel like it's a lot more thought out. It's a lot more strategic on their part because Twitter is already a communications app. So giving us the ability to actually communicate with each other using audio and vocally and doing it live, I think it's a great addition to the app. It seems like Twitter and LinkedIn follow the same type of timeline because they both launched their stories and they both ended their stories pretty quick. I don't even use LinkedIn. Um, people tell me that I should use LinkedIn. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm not one of those people that feel like I have to capitalize on every single platform available to make, to have a good source of income. Um, I always tell business owners that too, especially in the beginning, I'll talk to people and they're like, well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn and all this and that. And I'm like, well, how are you doing? They're like, I'm drowning. Like it's, it's not working. So I always recommend just, you know, picking one platform for social media, prioritizing email marketing, and then another type of content, like maybe podcasting, blogging, YouTube or something. But trying to be on every single social media platform is not going to work when it's just you running your business by yourself. It's true. I feel like for people that should do that, where it's like, well, you should be maybe two platforms the most, because you have to understand, you have to write this stuff. You have to create the content and it has to be within the own platforms, like rule system or what works or what doesn't. So you have to almost be an expert in those 
But if you're not, then you're just kind of like, well, I hope this works. Plus, then you have the evergreen bucket, which is now podcast and blogging. So it seems like a good mix of business owners of or small business owners, I should say. Is that like a good mix for them of saying like two the most, but stick to one mostly? I always tell people that you don't want to be overwhelmed with like all the marketing stuff you have to do. I feel like marketing should be fun. Um, maybe it's because I'm a creative, but I actually have fun marketing my business. I have fun creating my content. I have fun engaging with my audience and it needs to be fun for me so that it's fun for them. If I'm not having fun, they not having fun um, engaging with me. And it's hard to have fun when you're trying to be everywhere at one time instead of focusing on one place and if you build one platform at a time, you could just drive those followers to another platform. When you have a loyal following, they follow you everywhere. And this is more like if you're building up your marketing team, you can probably do phases of like, okay, then we'll go to Facebook or wherever your demo is basically. Cause you want to follow the right demo, not just try to chase after everybody. <laughs> Definitely. And do you have actually any tips for small businesses when they're on or to understand Twitter, because I'm pretty sure when small businesses dive into it, they're like, I don't know about this. I can do my personal one. But that's me personally doing it. Now this is business time. So do you have any tips for that for basically, I guess, separating the personal from the business or whatever? Yeah. Uh, tip number one, hashtags don't work on Twitter. Um, I see small businesses get on Twitter all the time and they think that the same rules that apply for Instagram apply for Twitter. That's not true. You don't need hashtags on Twitter to go viral or to get engagement. The only time you should really use hashtags is if it's your own company's hashtag and you're trying to get your audience into using it. Or if it's a hashtag that's trending and you want to participate in that trend. A good example of a trending hashtag will be um, a few years ago, there was something called hashtag Black Hogwarts, and they were doing like a bunch of memes about what it would be like if Harry Potter was black and all the characters um, at Hogwarts were black. It was actually hilarious, and they had celebrities participating in it and everything. So there were small accounts with like 50 followers going viral and gaining 2,000 followers overnight by participating. But outside of that, just like doing random hashtags on your tweet, they don't help. Uh, my second tip, don't spam people. And by spamming, I mean, like, if you see something that's relevant in your niche, let's say you do email marketing and you want an email marketing company or you created a software or tech or something for it, don't comment on that person's tweet and be like, you should try our software. Here's 10% off. You should comment instead and be like, how long have you been doing email marketing? What's something that you're struggling with right now? We find that blah, blah, blah works best. Try to create a dialogue instead. Um, it will help you so much further and people will actually want to talk to you when they don't feel like you're immediately trying to sell them something. And you are trying to sell them something. They know that because you're a business account. You don't have to do direct sales all the time on Twitter. It's okay to be friendly and to be funny and to really like show your brand's personality. I feel like that's really more so what Twitter is about. Um, the third tip, use memes. But not just any means. Use means that are relevant to your audience and from media and pop culture that they enjoy. So, for example, with my brand, I mostly target Black women entrepreneurs. So when I use memes, they are from film, media, TV shows, music videos, and things like that that my audience will actually enjoy. I shared a, a video yesterday. I made a meme out of the movie Major Pain. 
and people were DMing me and they were like, LMAO, this is so funny. I love this movie. I focus a lot on nostalgia too. My target audience is um, women that are ages like 23 to like 40-ish. And most of them like the same types of movies and TV shows. They might not necessarily have watched them like in the same mind frame, but it creates like a sense of community um, with me using content that they genuinely love and enjoy. Uh, my last tip would be to, if you are in the beginning stages of growing your following from scratch, you should definitely create content. But I feel like it's significantly more important to be in comment sections adding value than just trying to put out a bunch of content that nobody is seeing. When nobody knows who you are, they could care less about the content you're putting out. So it is imperative for you to stay visible in those comment sections. I got my first 3,000 followers on Twitter just by going viral in comment sections, just by dropping gems and sharing tips and knowledge and resources, being funny, sharing memes and stuff like that. You can easily build a meme library by just going through the viral tweets on Twitter and saving all the funny memes with the most likes. So I think those would be like my best tips for Twitter. Gotcha. Man, you dropped major pain. That that brings me back. That's a... That's a 90s movie right there. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. It really was. It still is. It like the Wayne's brothers in general is probably like one of my favorite um acting families. Like the content that they put out, I genuinely enjoy everything from the uh, the Wayne's Brothers TV shows from the 90s, the movies, the scary movie series, all the new things that Marlon has put out, like Sex Tuplets. I love that. It was given uh, Eddie Murphy when he put out Sex Tuplets. All right. But now I'm going to talk a little bit about future because I've seen news about Twitter basically going to be doing like, I guess, video or picture reactions replies now. Do you think like the written portion of social media is going to be dying like written word and everything and it's gonna be more feature rich content instead or do you think there's still a place for actual written content i think there will always be a place for actual written content because there are people who genuinely enjoy reading honestly um the second thing too is that like Twitter has always been a communications app. Like Twitter is an app that a lot of people go to just to get their main source of news and to stay up to date on brands and topics that they enjoy. So I really do think that text will always be something major on Twitter. I think that um, video and picture will become significantly more important, but because it's not required to go viral on Twitter and to grow your following, I don't think it'll ever really replace the impact that actual tweets have. So are we going to be seeing like more of a mixture of written plus, I mean, we already see that, but more of just a more, a bigger push into like video and pictures than before, or are we going to see a kind of a mixture of written plus pictures still to this day? I think it'll be a mixture on Twitter, other platforms. They're definitely pushing videos more, um, especially Facebook and Instagram with TikTok coming out and being such a big competitor for them now, they are definitely pushing videos more. But Twitter is really leaning more towards like creating an engaging space, monetizing um, their content creators. They just added a new feature called communities where you could create like small um, communities within the app that your followers can enjoy your special content. They also came out with super follows. Um, where people can subscribe to your content as well as ticketed Twitter spaces. And a lot of those things, those new features still revolve around that text-based content. Gotcha. Yeah, it seems like Twitter is doing a little bit different than it, <laughs> the other two because 
I know TikTok just basically beat out Google as the number one searched like either app or actual site. So it's an interesting thing seeing TikTok being that, I guess, influential. It is very interesting watching TikTok be influential. Um, I committed to TikTok for 90 days. That's how I got 3,000 followers on there. And uh, I definitely created a community on TikTok. I do not think that that level of commitment to video content is for me. It's a lot of work. I spent a lot of time planning content. And I started making money my first week on TikTok just by, you know, being myself and making that content. But even with doing that, the amount of work that I had to put in and the money that I was making, I was like, I could just work a little bit harder on Twitter, just share like 10% more content a week and I'll still make double what I'm making on TikTok. Um, and it's just because video content is not my thing. It, it requires too much effort and I'm a minimal effort type of business owner. I don't think that I quit my job to run a business that consumes my entire life, which is why I personally don't want to do TikToks. Um, but I enjoy the platform. I love watching the videos. I love supporting other creators. And when I don't feel like creating content for Twitter, I just go on TikTok and I share the videos that other creators have made that are relevant to my niche that my audience would enjoy. So I definitely think that the video content has a place on the internet permanently. Sure, I agree with you. Doing either podcasts or videos as well does take up a lot of time but it also is a lot of planning because you have to you have to figure out the lighting and everything people don't know just how much it is when you actually do a video you're like oh there's a lot of work into this yes uh, so much work and then after you record it you actually got to edit it and if you want to participate in those tiktok trends uh, good luck because those kids have nothing but time to learn how to edit videos. I do not have time. <laughs> like the transitions and stuff that they do, I just, I really be blown away. I'm like, y'all need to be like working at Adobe or something. Like y'all are very talented and they be like giving tutorials on how they do it. And I'm like, girl, you could give this tutorial 20 times. I'm still not, I don't understand how you made this video happen. <laughs> it's like more power to you that you could actually get that done, but I'm good. Yes. <laughs> but a uh, fun question for you. If you could create a parody Twitter account, what would it be about? It would be about funny dogs. Ah. Yeah, I love dogs. I, I think that one of my favorite funny dogs to watch videos of is Huskies. Their personalities are so bold. And uh, I would love to have like um, an account where my dog has his own like massive following and brands send him like free dog food and free water bowls and, <laughs> and like little dog outfits and stuff because that stuff is so expensive. I think I spend like $250 a month on my dog just on like the different stuff he needs and health insurance. So it would be great for him to become an influencer and pay for himself. Yeah, but I understand that. I got a golden doodle puppy and. <laughs> they aren't cheap. <laughs> no. And then my dog is huge. So when I take him to the vet, he is, he's also something else. Like he, um, it requires five people to hold him down to get a shot. <laughs> so they charge me $30 to hold him down to get a shot. And then he comes out of the back row acting like nothing happened, acting like he didn't just go back there and act the fool on him. <laughs> and the doctor is always like, he was just like acting crazy. He doesn't whine. He doesn't yell or anything. He's just back there running around the room, knocking stuff over, making a bunch of ruckus. And then he come out like nothing happened. Yeah, I understand that. I can't brush my dog because he'll try to eat the brush. 
just how it is with dogs. You're just like, well, I'll do the best I can, but if you don't like it, you don't like it. I still love dogs, though. Um, I used to, I used to have cats a lot growing up, and cats are mean. That's true. They're so like they're 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 very um, space oriented. Like they want their space. They don't want you on them unless they want you to be on them. So don't come towards them if they're not coming towards you. And uh, so that's kind of why I prefer dogs. They're lovers. They they are very playful. They love kids. I haven't really seen too many cats who genuinely like kids the way dogs. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, any final thoughts for listeners? Um, no, not really, except that, you know, if you want to get um, into social media and marketing, Always remember, everybody starts with zero followers. I started with zero followers. People with a million followers start with zero followers. Starting with zero followers is not a disadvantage. It is a superpower that you have. You have the ability to cultivate a following that actually loves you. So take your time cultivating that following and be willing to grow online one person at a time. And you'll be surprised what you can do in the next two or three years online. All right. Thank you, Ty, for being on PR360 and sharing your knowledge on Twitter and dogs and everything else. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings. Let us know how we're doing. And also subscribe to YouTube to get these video episodes as well. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe get to building up those followers and figuring out how you want to be perceived on social media and see you next week. Later.